Diving Deep Into the Morning Show. This is TV Plus Talk on Mac Voices. Welcome back to TV Plus Talk. It seems to creep up on us ever more quickly each month. But here we are, and it's good we're here because there is a lot to discuss again. I'm Charlotte Henry, and joining me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Chuck Joyner. Hey, Chuck, how's it going? I'm great, Charlotte. And you're right, it does seem to sneak up on us. Uh, As we do our planning for these, it's like, is it time already? Yeah, usually it is. (laughs) And it usually is. And there's usually quite a lot to discuss. And we can still talk to each other because we haven't had the Ryder Cup yet. So we haven't fallen out over the sport, over the golf. So we're okay for now. We we deliberately set the time before uh, the Ryder Cup starts. So we're all okay. Um, So so, so, so which side are you going to be cheering for? Well, (laughs) Team Europe already won the Solheim, didn't we? We won the women's one. So, you know. We'll no, see. you're looking for uh, you're looking for a sweep, Charlotte. That's not good. Uh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, we're here. We're going to talk, and we've got a new season of the morning show to talk about. Now, warning before we start. First of all, we're going to be doing spoilers of episodes one to three. They're the three episodes that Chuck and I have watched. That it's actually episode four. It's out as we're recording this. We haven't had a chance to watch it yet, so you're safe if you haven't seen that. But we have watched one to three, and there's no way. We could have a serious conversation about it that is of any value to a listener without doing some spoilers. So if you haven't yet watched the beginning of the morning show, pause the show, have a binge watch of that, then please come return to us because we'd love to get your views as well. So, Charlotte, I I also I want to reiterate that, too, that if you're one of those people that listens to spoilers and thinks, okay, I'll go back and catch it. You know, this one, these three, in my opinion, I think you really need to go and watch before you hear spoilers, because yeah. I'm afraid we, we may sway you one way or the other. And so I would love to have you watch it fresh and then come back and listen to us. Yeah, quite right. So I don't quite know where to start with this. We've discussed in previous shows our views on uh, the precursor season, so we won't reiterate that. I was hopeful of season three. And then I watched episode one. Uh, That's how to unpack this. So we've still got very high maintenance Jennifer Aniston as Alex Levy. We've still got very complicated Reed Witherspoon. We've still got difficult Billy Crudup. And they're all putting in great performances. I think possibly Jennifer Aniston's is the weakest because it's a bit too high maintenance for me. But anyway, we've also got John Hamm, who is essentially Elon Musk, isn't he? That's who he's meant to be, right? I would think so, yeah. Like, it's a billionaire who wants to buy media companies and has a spaceship. Like, it's Elon Musk. Fine. Um, And so episode one is all about, and I can't really say this with a straight face, uh, the Alex Levy character is meant to be going into space as part of, it's all part of a sort of backroom deal of this John Hamm's character taking over the UBA network and bit of a celebration of her. Okay, this is the first spoiler question. Did you think her character had died when you saw the obituary at the beginning? <laughs> no, I didn't. No, I can't say I thought about that. No. Okay, I Interesting. had a had a brief moment of like, oh my God, have they killed her off and the whole ep- season is going to be about how she died? 
And then obviously you find out pretty quickly they're just pre, because she's going to space, they've created the obituary for her and she has to basically approve her own obituary, which is kind of weird. Yeah, at, at um, worst you felt like it was going to be a time shift kind of thing, but I yes, I, I, I until the very until the very end, until it became obvious that it was an obituary piece. But even then, it's like this. You know, this would be way too big a jump, especially. I mean, I'm sorry, but you know we have to take ourselves out of it. That there's no indication that that Jennifer Aniston is not coming back for the rest of the season. Well, that's why so, I thought it was a time yeah. shift thing because we've seen her in all the trailers, haven't we? Yeah, exactly. Anyway, we'd seen her in all the trailers, and this was sort of the first 30 seconds of the first episode. I was like, what on earth has happened here? Anyway, she's obviously fine. They're all in the studio, and we learn that she is meant to be going into space. We also learn that Reese Witherspoon is working on a very, very big, uh, obviously quite controversial story about abortion in Texas and the South and that kind of thing. So there's these two parallel things going on. Reese Witherspoon on her new evening show is doing this. Um, and of course, the rocket launcher is in Texas. So everyone ends up in Texas. And then Alex Levy decides she's not going on the spaceship. I'm cutting a lot short here. So Reese Witherspoon's character ends up at the last minute on the spaceship because we learn and we don't know much about this yet that she owes the Billy, you know, owes Billy crud up for something. We don't know yet. And we don't really learn that in the first three seasons. This was so unremittingly stupid that I found it hard to deal with the rest of the episode. The idea that a TV presenter would be able to be swapped in for another TV presenter to be launched into space is so utterly ridiculous that it sort of ruined the opening episode for me. And I got a message. This is, you know, a little insight into how Chuck and I communicate off air. I got a message from a very upset Chuck who was very affronted about the insurance mechanisms at play in this episode. (laughs) Yeah. Well, okay. So I, I feel exactly the way you did. It's just like, okay, there were so many ways and, and I hate, I hate podcasts that second guess the writers. Okay. But we're going to do it here anyway, because this just came across as so realistic, unrealistic, excuse me, so unrealistic Yes, I you know I couldn't help but the talk about the think about the insurance thing, but just also just the reality of it. You know, apparently Jennifer Aniston's character had gone through the training and everything, and then at the last minute they're going to stuff somebody in who ah don't worry about the training, it's no big deal. You're just going to sit there and ride a rocket. So, you know, uh, you know how about physicals? How about you know health concerns? How about all these issues? How about basic safety requirements that you would have to know if you wanted to be fired into space? Yeah. And and then – and also the other part though, and and I don't mean to steal your thunder, but, you know, the reason that Jennifer backed out um, is is really – it's just like – I'm sorry, but I cannot see a well-known news anchor like that giving up or being allowed to give up a space shot ride – to go cover much of anything. Yeah, so I agree that it would never have happened. I can understand why that story was a story that, you know, the story around abortion and that kind of, those issues down on the Texas-Mexico border, that's where it was, wasn't it, would be of interest to both those characters. We obviously see Alex Levy being like, I'm going to cover a proper story. That seems to be her motivation and Chip uh, can't stop her. So there's, like, I get that. But it doesn't matter 
because there's no way that she, like, there's no way that that spaceship could have happened and Bradley Jackson could have been shot into space instead of her. Like, that's just nonsense. Whatever story she wanted to cover, you deal with it afterwards. Anyway. Yeah, and, and again, you know, it, it was an ongoing story. At least that's the way I read it. Mm. And so, you know, the fact that did somebody have to be there right there for that day? I, no, I, you know, that's it. The whole thing just came across as so well, unrealistic. It is very unrealistic. Obviously, part of it is meant to be uh, Alex Levy's kind of deaverish behavior, isn't it? It's meant to show that. And we see that in the following episodes as well, um, which, you know, culminates with her being told because of all this that she's going to have to do the early morning shift for five days a week, which her contract had previously got out of. We saw that at the end of the last season. So that's where we are with the two kind of central figures. We also have Corey Ellison, the who played by Billy Crudup, dealing uh, with Elon Musk, John Hamm, um, <laughs> trying to sell the network. And that deal doesn't seem to be going very well either, does it? No, and and Billy's character is starting to come across. For a while, I felt like he was hard driving and mm. you know, take no prisoners kind of thing. Now he's starting to feel just a little bit sleazy. Yeah, it's starting to become a bit of a cliche of his own character. I still think some of his performances are great. When he gets it right, he he yeah, really perfor- gets it right. Performances, yes, the performance is great. Don't misunderstand. I'm talking now about the character. The character is slightly become, become a cliche of itself, but he is kind of because of his big performance is pulling it off pretty well. Um, obviously, we get to the point at the end of episode three where um, the John Hamm character is just like, no, I'm not interested in buying you anymore because I'm pissed off with you all. Fine. So there's all of that going on. Now, a couple of the other big things to unpick. I don't quite know which order to do it in. They've obviously made, uh, they want Maya Jordan, uh, played by Karen Pittman, to be a much more central figure in this because she's been promoted. Um, and as ever with the morning show, there's quite a lot of politics going on one way or the other, isn't there? So we have, actually, I'm jumping. Let, let's jump to the key point, which is, no, I was going to talk about the different issues, but we need to discuss how the issues arise which is this cyber attack. Now, I thought that was much more realistic than the space nonsense. Like, the idea that hackers would want to take on a network, I think, is entirely believable. Whether they would be able to succeed is a different debate, but I don't think it's such a bad vehicle for trying to trigger all the issues that the show wants to trigger. What's your take? Okay, so a couple things. First of all, I, I agree with you. This, the cyber attack episode was phenomenal. I mean, where the where the first episode crashed and burned. Sorry about that. Yeah, I was going to say thankfully, there, but yeah, yeah um, but you know, then the the cyber attack just went right back through the roof and was was fascinating. Mm. It was especially fascinating given that it was coming out uh, about the same time that we were hearing all the stories of the hacks of MGM and Caesar's mm. Palace in Vegas. And yes. you you think I hadn't if, even if, made that connection but you're right. Oh yeah, well I did because I'm thinking, you know, I'm with you. The network, I mean, it's a ridiculously lucrative business that, you know, they have so many assets and so many resources just like MGM and Caesars, and yet they allegedly got hacked just like MGM and Caesars. <laughs> so, you know, and, and it gave you maybe a different appreciation of the gut-wrenching part of a hack 
that you know could could if if they were making the mistake of storing all these dirty little secrets anywhere within access or on their phones or you know connecting yeah. to the network uh, learn the lesson folks you know do not keep your dirty secrets <laughs> on your phone you know air gap if you have somewhere. dirty secrets yeah yeah it's it, if you're so, not as perfect as chuck and i Okay, well, if you say so. <laughs> um, but no, seriously, I, learn the lesson because I think thought the performances across the board there about the reactions to the hack and the steps that were being taken to minimize it and the confiscation of phones and all that, it, that should really get, serve as a wake-up call to you. So I, yeah. I'm with you. This, one, this episode just hit it out of the park. And it is obviously the – they're using it as – the premise for all these different things and the creation of different tensions. So a black TV, the black morning show host not being paid as much and some disgusting comments being made about her. Different staff from different backgrounds, again, not being paid as much as their uh, counterparts. All of that comes into to play, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and look, I, we're talking about a TV show, right? So there has to be drama. They have to build some of these things up to keep the storylines going. But they also, all those storylines, as they started out here, felt very, very believable. Exactly. Um, so this is where we're at. And I think it is, yeah, it, it is, that's working very well, I think. And it is working as a premise for all the different bust-ups that's happened. And it's also obviously true that we are going to find out, it's going to be used as a premise for finding out all sorts of things. So it's become very clear right from the start that something happened with Bradley Jackson at, over the summer, is how they refer to it. Um, and Corey obviously had to save her at some point. We don't know really what's happened yet. And therefore, obviously, this hack is going to be one of the ways we find out about it. Uh, yeah, along with a lot of other things too. Presumably. Um, so that that's where we are. Uh, uh, yeah, Christina Hunter is one is the new morning show host, uh, played by Nicole Bahari, who again great performance. It ends with her grilling the kind of chair of the host of the board um, about her unfair treatment, essentially racist treatment. Um, now, all this is slightly a premise for me discussing what I really want to discuss, which is <laughs> Stephen Fry's cameo. Isn't he utterly wonderful? Thank you, Stephen Fry, for representing Britain so well at home and abroad. <laughs> uh, okay, so I can't quite relate to it the way you did, but I mean, it was great. Yeah, but uh, but you clearly have an emotional attachment to this. Oh, scene. Uh Stephen Fry is a national treasure here. Who doesn't love Stephen Fry? I think using him was very close. I'll tell you what was really interesting about this. We didn't have any idea he was in it during the trailer. Like, you never see him in the trailer. It was never previewed. It was never mentioned that he has these kind of cameos. And there he is, fairly in fairly central moments in the show. So anyway, there we go. I always did enjoy that. Yeah. Um. So look, look, we've gone through, we've raced through episodes one to three. Um, we don't want to, you know, there's still plenty to unpack them. We could have unpacked a lot more. Um, you know, that discussion about race uh, amongst all the staff at the All Hands meeting, for example, we could start unpacking that as well. But let's go with a more blunt question, which is, is season three any good, Chuck? Um, 
Charlotte, I, I sort of ranked it this way. I gave I gave the first the, the first episode like a a, a five. <laughs> um, yeah. But but I also recognize that they needed to set things up for the season. So the first episodes yeah. of most seasons are always a little, I think, questionable because they're just throwing out so many storylines that maybe then they can pursue. Second episode was a 100% plus. Absolutely terrific. Mm-hmm. Third one, I'm, I, I, I argue with myself between 50 and 75%. Because I've, I felt like there were some very unrealistic things that harked back to the first episode. There were some very realistic things that harked back to the second episode. So I'm, I'm anxious now to see what happens with season four, um, because I, I've, I truly so cool. have, or episode four, excuse me, because I, I truly have mixed feelings about some mm-hmm. of this. The one thing you I didn't agree. bring up, yeah, one thing you didn't bring up that I, I want to make sure we, we mention too is um, at the end of season three, I did it again. At the end of episode three, um, John Hamm's character basically blows off Billy and says, you know, mm. look, we're, you're, you're now. Tells Corey where to go. Yeah, you're dam- well, you're damaged property, and now you're no longer worth what I offered. And so, by the way, I have other options if I want to buy a media company sure. and, and closes the door. And I, I thought. I, Yes, and I thought Billy's, you know, his facial expressions were amazing. I mean, he it, it was somewhere between yes. rejection, hurt, panic. I mean, uh, they were all flashing across his face. So the yes. performance there was outstanding. Agreed. And so that that was that sort of closed out the episode, and it ended it for me on a high note because I felt that like like if you if I bought if I bought the premise that the uh, the CEO had just been excuse me, chair of the board, had just been um, deposed. And in this hit piece, you know, in, on public TV, then I could absolutely understand why the deal would fall through and why would you want to jump on board this ship that's on fire? So I, I, I love that part. And he's also furious about what happened with Alex and the rocket, which is also believable. It, if you buy the nonsense from episode one. Yes. Um, I agree with you all about Brittany Cardart's performance. I also... Okay, I cannot decide if it's good or not because I watch Succession. And the problem is, by fluke or whatever, this, this premise of this season of The Morning Show is a little bit too close to the last season of Succession, i.e. a millionaire trying to build a legacy media company. And Succession is just so much better. And I say that's someone that really wants to enjoy the morning show. And I just wish they'd done something completely different because it's too easy in my mind to compare the two. And there's the sort of the way they introduced the John Ham character and the nonsense of episode one. And the fact that it is so similar, the, that basic premise is really sort of toying with me a bit. Um, that's, that's interesting, Charlotte. That's, that's really interesting. I, I did not see Succession. I've not watched <gasps> it. So. Right. Sorry. Thank you very much for all watching TV <laughs> Plus Sport. I have to end my friendship with Chuck now. It's been a pleasure having you all. Goodbye. Well, unfortunately, there are certain, there are some, certain time factor realities that it is on my list and I will get to it, but. No, you it, can't justify it, this. <laughs> thank you for very much. Um, but in so okay, so I'm coming at it then from maybe a cleaner perspective. Okay, you you may be a little bit tainted, and there may be a very good reason for it. So you know that 
this is great because we have two different perspectives on it. Mm. For me, this for me the storyline is fresh, and I feel like it okay. was, that that part was v- so far up through season. Oh, there, up, up through episode three has been very well executed, and so now we'll it see has been pretty next. well executed. If you take away the episode one nonsense, but as I say, it's just too similar. Okay, I think we're there. Well, I'm going to keep going with it. I'll definitely be watching the rest of the morning show. I'll settle down to the latest episode, uh, you know, some point this week. And I'm sure, I think there is potential for it to be really good. I just think, yeah, there's potential for it to be really good. There is also potential for it to be a bit horrible, depending on how they've played it. And I look forward to seeing that. I hope that it will be good. I I agree with you. I I because it's been so, so uh, such a low, such a high, and mm-hmm. then we're bounced back to the middle. You know, I'm 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 guardedly optimistic that we're going to see you know things level out and continue with some. I just hope, frankly, a little more realistic because I, I, I I'm not I don't enjoy watching something and then have, feeling like I'm jarred out of it and and yeah, starting to think critically about it. You want it to be it. realistic. You want it to be believable. Like there's such great actors in this. Like every actor we mentioned today is putting in really strong performances. You'd just like you'd like the storyline to reflect that. Yeah. This leads us to a slightly more general conversation actually about Apple TV Plus. So for apparently there is some data that show that basically Apple TV Plus's cancellation rate is minimal. It's according to an article on Apple World. It's 4.9%, uh, uh, something called Dark, Dark Horizons compiled this data, basically up there with Amazon Prime Video, which, if you think about it, makes sense because people basically buy Amazon Prime for free next-day delivery, and people often get Apple TV Plus with other stuff, right? I'm sure we'll see loads of people getting TV Plus because they bought an iPhone 15, people buy a new Macs and get it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But even so, it seems to keep people because the cancellation rate is under 5%. Amazon Prime Video, just for the record, is 9% apparently. So that's a pretty ringing endorsement, you would say, of Apple TV+. Plus. They'd be very happy to wave that in front of people. But it leads me to a broader question, and this conversation we had about the morning show leads me to the broader question. Is Apple TV Plus actually good? Is the stuff on there actually good i've been thinking about this recently and i'm trying to think of the shows that i have really loved on there i'll name mine and i look forward to hearing yours so as we've discussed i love mythic quest i love slow horses and we have some news about that later in the show um there's been some documentaries on apple tv plus i think are really excellent but there's been quite a few misses oh tetris we both love tetris didn't we if we're talking about movies we both thought that was a really great movie and it was so there are some hits, and other people have different things they hit. Obviously, Ted Lasso blew everything out of the park, whether I liked it or not. And I loved it at some point and got frustrated with it at some point. And I think it ended pretty well. And you can listen to Chuck and I discuss that on previous episodes. But here we are. You know, this is not a baby service anymore. It's had enough time to have enough content on it. It's putting out multiple show new episodes and multiple new things a week. So that's where we are. What's your what's your take? Is Apple TV Plus actually good? I I think it's I think it's good. Um, I don't think there's any question because I you just listed off all the all all of your high points. Um, I would add to that for me for all mankind. 
um, is the first one. I didn't know we were going to do a quiz here, so I'm just trying to think back. No, um, I deliberately but, didn't prompt you on this question. I wanted your sincere answer of what you, what your sort of instinctive answer to is Apple TV Plus good? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it is, but I also think that it's such a subjective question because is if if you're not a if you forgive me if you're not a Marvel or Star Wars fan, then is Disney Plus good? You know, I yes, I, I'll so. Yeah, yes, I, I, because you might like Disney, you might like National Geographic, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right, but but they also have bought you know a bunch of other stuff. Apple is developing pretty it's much all choice. original content, so you know I feel like there's also has to be a different measuring stick. Um, C, mm. I know I don't think you like C, but I didn't I've, do it. I don't I, really do any of the fantasy stuff. Okay, so you know, well, I, I'm not a big fantasy person, but I did enjoy that. Um, especially the the very last season. Um, boy, I'm, I'm blanking a little bit on so many things, but no. Yeah, but the uh, point is, you you've named quite a variety of stuff. I also could have mentioned. Um, truth be told, I enjoyed the first season. Of that we'll certainly be getting to, into the other seasons. I think Octavia Spencer in that is great. So there are shows there. Yeah, without I'd, doubt. And 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 unfortunately. I mean, again, it's subjective. So if if they are delivering the kind of stories you like, then it's absolutely worth it. If they're not, eh, maybe not. Now I know I'm trying to think. I think Hijacked is in my list to to mm. f- to watch. Um, there's a new documentary about fashion models that. Oh yes, the supermodels. Yes. Yeah, that's not a world that I, I'm I'm particularly interested in. But Can I'm I just say to we're see. definitely going to be reviewing that because I definitely want to hear Chuck discuss supermodels. Well, I, I want to see how they're treated in the, in a documentary yeah, style, as opposed to something like you know the gibberish Operation Runway or whatever it is. Sure. Um, so you know, but and if you think about it, the documentaries here, frankly, that just reminded me, and I for the life of me, I can't remember the name of it. But there was a, there was a documentary documentary series on um, on a lawyer from uh, Appalachia that was mm. um, highly highly corrupt. And it was, I mean, it, it kind of had me on the edge of my seat every time. It was great because it just walked you through it. And it's like, how does anybody get away with this stuff? And apparently he did. So that's it. There's so many stories or so many things here that maybe may not re- rise to the top of the broad appeal. But if it's delivering stuff that you are interested in or you find entertaining, then, yeah, it's it's a good – it's. And the other thing, too, and I've said this a million times, and I'm sorry to repeat it, folks, Apple has not fallen into the trap of pricing themselves out of the market. They are still a super value for – if you have three to five shows that you enjoy, they're a phenomenal value. Think yeah, about think, okay. think think about your ratio of what you pay from some of the other services to the things you actually watch, and and then factor in new content. That you know, am I watching old reruns or am I watching mm-hmm. genuinely new shows? If you do the math on it, I think you're going to find that Apple TV Plus is amongst the best values out there. Yeah, it may waver a little bit depending on what they're introducing versus which ones they're wrapping up, but that's true of all the streaming services. Sure. Sure. So I think it's I, I think it's a great value. Yeah, I don't deny it's great value. I I tell you what it is. I'm trying to be conscious of the fact. That because I like Apple products generally, am I more inclined to say when I watch something on TV Plus, oh, that's really good, when actually 
it might not be as good as other things. So, for example, I compared the morning show to Succession. I know which I think is better. Um, for example, oh, I think I thought of another show that I love, which was Shrinking, which is a great show on Apple TV+. Plus. Absolutely love that. So there, I'm not denying for one second there is plenty of good stuff on there. And I absolutely agree with your point that it's very good value. I asked the question sort of to be a bit provocative and slightly just, I think sometimes as people who are quite embedded in the world of Apple more than normal people have to be slightly conscious of our bias. I think that's also why I asked it just to be like, just because something is made by Apple, we don't have to love it. And I think sometimes some of the failings on TV, because there've been also some real duds on the, on the streaming platform as well as there always are on streaming platforms they could name it on anyone some rubbish that's on there i just wanted to sort of bring us to be a bit realistic about it um interestingly apparently it looks like the uh, max hits the most at 26.9 percent cancellations and then you've got disney plus at 21.1 percent, which is interesting and then paramount plus at 16.9 percent. now i have to say because of the work I do and whatever else, I subscribe to basically every streaming service going. And if I had to get rid of one, I think Paramount Plus would be the one I got rid of. I I, I know you're going to be upset because of Star Trek. And I am very tempted to start Voyager from the beginning and reunite with Catherine Janeway. But that is possibly the one I would get rid of. Maybe. Now I'm thinking about settling down with Star Trek Voyager. I may be changing my mind, but you you understand the point I'm making. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I I think this is this is a discussion that is being had in a lot of households. As right. At least at least here in the U.S., the economy is tightening, and it's it's one that I feel like anybody should do at any time, economy or not. That you know, are you getting the value for what what you're spending? And if you are, great. And if you're not, then it's you're throwing money away. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, uh, yeah, you're right about the duds, you know, and as far as the Apple bias that we both are potentially guilty of, I will confess that I have, I have started watching, I have checked out shows that I might not otherwise have checked out. I think that's true. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, some of the sci-fi stuff that I've watched or like dipped in, like I watched started silo, as we said on this show, I quite liked the first episode, but I wouldn't have even bothered touching it on another platform. Right. And, and, and there are, there are some that I've, and you're going to ask me which ones and I can't tell you because I don't remember them because I watched enough of it. Maybe the first episode, maybe the first episode and a half. And it's like, you know, this just is not doing it for me. There's, sure. there's, there's no interest, but let me throw one other, one other little metric at you, Charlotte. Um, Please. The think of excluding Ted Lasso. Because that's sort of just it's a whole different thing. Yeah. Think about what Apple TV has delivered in the way of the popular shows that are that now are starting to consistently show up at the top of the, the most viewed streaming shows. Mm. You know, we're we're starting to it's it's almost like it's catching it caught fire or it's catching fire mm. and people are paying more attention to it. And so maybe Silo brought them to the platform. Maybe hijack bought them to the platform, yeah. But they're staying there, checking out other things, and pushing some of those other high quality shows up 
up the rankings. So, I, I, I mean, I feel like it's a success story. It's a success story in slow motion, but it's yep. still a success story. Yeah, I think probably if you asked Apple execs as a whole, they'd be very, very positive. And I like sincerely positive, not like PR positive. Um, I think as we've discussed, and we won't repeat our conversations, sport is now making a big difference on TV+. Plus. There's a I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but there's a very interesting, it looks like, profile of Eddie Q talking about bringing sport to TV+, Plus and GQ. I look forward to reading that. Mm. And that comes from a genuine place of being a sport fan. I think the same is true of Tim Cook. Anyway, um, so I think probably Apple TV+, Plus as a whole, Apple would regard TV Plus as a whole as a success. I think we can probably know that because they're putting more and more money into it. They're not slowing down on it or pulling back from it. They're doing the opposite. Which is very Apple-like. Correct. They've tested the waters and now they're really going for it. A lot of stuff coming out each week. And they have a vision for it and they're not compromising on that vision. Yes. Now – we need to wrap this up because we've gone long. But one, one bit of something, a bit of news I want to share, and this fits into our conversation because it's a show I really, really love, is we've got Slow Horses coming back. Woohoo! It's coming back on December the 29th. That's very exciting. Gary Oldman's the star. It's obviously about a dysfunctional team of um, MI5 agents. We're all very happy about that. Woohoo! Rejoice. Happy Christmas. New Slow Horses episodes to see you through the Christmas to New Year lull. Isn't that lovely? Yeah, I've, I was delighted to see this come back yet again for another season um, because the write, the acting is phenomenal, the writing is phenomenal. It's unlike the, the morning show, once you start into that world, you, you stay there until the end of the episode yeah. instead that's of coming out and saying, that's stupid, come on. You know, so that's the part I really love about I mean, slow And it is kind of stupid, probably. If you were an MI5 agent, you probably wouldn't like it very much. But also, it's just great. And the actors yeah. are great, and the stories are great, and it's just great. Agreed. And it's funny, and yeah. Well, there we go. That's been a lot to get through for September. It'll be interesting as we get to what Christmas specials happen. We go October, November. We, all of that we've got coming up in the last quarter of the year. But there we go. It's all been very exciting. Chuck, always a pleasure. Obviously, remind people where they can keep up with you. MacVoices.com. You can link from everything I do there. Um, we do the live show, Mac Voices Live, on Tuesday nights on YouTube at youtube.com slash TV, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, whatever time there is, wherever you are. We'd love to have you join us in the chat room because that way we get to hear what you're thinking about what we're talking about. Um, and on pretty much all the socials at the moment, you can find me as at Chuck Joyner. Charlotte, I look forward to these every single month, even though they do creep up on us fast. Oh, we have so much fun. I love doing them as well. And frankly, it's just a great excuse to watch TV as well. So to hang out with Chuck, watch TV, what else do I want? Not much. So head over to theedition.net and newsletter.theedition.net to keep up with all the stuff I'm doing. Uh, please chat and say hi on social media. I'm at Charlotte A. Henry or at Charlotte A. Henry across all various social media platforms. Chuck, as you say, I can't wait to hang out again next month and we'll see you all then. Thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web.
And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.